Yeah. And then we'll, you know, edit up everything. So I'll just do a quick intro and then we'll uh, jump right into it. Mm-hmm. So welcome to episode 39 of the Future Driven Podcast. I'm excited to have Kareem Mustafa here with me today. Kareem, thank you so much for coming on the show. What's up, Adam? Thank you so much for having me and uh, hello to all the listeners. Yeah, so Kareem, uh, I got introduced to your product, uh, Chopcast, here recently through a webinar process we did with Design Pickle and was super intrigued of the platform and what you got going on. And we've had a couple of long online conversations or offline, I should say, and uh, was excited to kind of hear your story and get a little bit more about your background and so forth. So uh, that's where I like to start is kind of tell us, tell us your background, Kareem, kind of where, where you started uh, professionally, which kind of led you to where you are today. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, thanks so much for having me, I guess. In terms of uh, in terms of my story, like uh, first of all, I'm I'm from Egypt. Uh, we're based here out of uh, Ireland, and uh, I've been in Ireland for the last like 10, 11 years or so. But yeah, I guess my uh, story started when I couldn't get a marketing job out of college. So I studied like marketing uh, in college, like uh, like many folks. I was very excited to get my first marketing job, and during my time studying, I had done. A, an exchange semester in uh, Canada and uh, I built a lot of like relationships and stuff like that came back to Ireland thinking oh boy once I graduate I'm gonna have all these contacts I'm gonna be and they're gonna give me an internship right away unfortunately I wasn't so lucky um, it got pretty bad Adam at one point I made a deal with my parents that if they could just like fund my trip to go work f- for an internship uh, like for to do an internship program and to actually pay to get free work experience um, that they would uh, fund it. But uh, unfortunately, the uh, the company thought, you know what, we appreciate the gesture, but it's just not going to work for us. Um, so yeah, out of desperation, I uh, started a, uh, a startup, which was in the restaurant marketing business. Um, and that failed catastrophically. I think at the end of the year, like we made, um, yeah, we, we made like under $1,000 after like a year of work. And, you know, I lost confidence in my marketing ability, my team at the time, they quit on me, they were all a lot senior than me. And obviously, they weren't get, getting paid. So uh, rightfully, so I would have done the same thing. But yeah, I just started doing random jobs from there. Um, and from there, like basically 6pm onwards, I would try and just get that marketing, you know, uh, bug like satisfied by just doing like marketing work, like after my original work. So 6pm onwards, Uh, me and my brother, who's now my co-founder, we basically um, decided to create like a social media consultancy, just like your typical, you know, Canva plus Hootsuite plus a bit of, you know, magic dust and just hope hope that things work for clients. We had a grand total of one client and um, that was basically keeping us keeping us going. But I guess the experience helped me later on uh, do well in an interview with HubSpot, where I finally got my first real marketing job. And my job there was basically to learn more about uh, the marketing agencies that they were supporting and for me to add value to them as well as to their clients to basically help them make the most out of like inbound marketing, HubSpot, and to do the same thing for their clients. So it's kind of like the movie Inception, if you've ever seen that. And my team there was absolutely amazing. They taught me so much. And I guess it just kind of gave me that confidence to go back and, you know, satisfy that startup bug that I had in the beginning, because even though my very first startup failed, 
there was just something about it. There's just something about doing your own thing, no matter how small, you know, my job in HubSpot was easily a dream marketing job, but there was just something different about at least giving it a shot to go and do your own thing. So that's when we've decided to, to create uh, Chopcast, what is now called Chopcast. And yeah, we've been three years running so far and, uh, and yeah, growing year on year. So we're happy out. Well, that, that's, exo- that's exciting. So tell us, okay, so you, you kind of ran us through a couple of years there. What year did you graduate? Um, just so we have a kind of framework. How long ago that was? That? Oh my God. Um, that would be, I, I'm so bad with, with, uh, with like numbers and stuff like that. I think it was, I want to say seven years ago, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Yeah, maybe 2013 or 14. Um, I'll probably have to check my LinkedIn after this. That's, but yeah, that's, okay. that's about right. Don't worry about it. Okay, we got the we got the framework. But um, and so that that first uh, company you started, I mean, that sounds that sounds exciting that you were straight out of school and and even though you had the you know you could you had the struggles to get the marketing job, you um, you know straight out of school started your own thing, which which is what you just said. There's it's it's super exciting and energizing to you know start your own thing, no matter how difficult or hard it is. And and you say you fail, but really it just set you up for the next thing and the next thing, which then ultimately sets you up to where you are today. Um, so that that's exciting. So you were hustling and hustling, and then eventually landed on HubSpot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. How, I mean, how did the HubSpot kind of thing come about and what was your role there? I know you mentioned a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. So my, my role was a partner marketing consultant or a channel consultant. Basically I was working on the um, yeah, on the reseller side of the business. So, you know, basically helping our uh, marketing agency partners to be successful with HubSpot. And then once that, once they have that covered, it would be like, okay, well, how do we now shift gears and take what you've learned and actually, um, productize that so that you can actually offer inbound marketing as a service for your end clients in that regard. And naturally it's a partner program. So it's a win-win, um, situation commercially for them as well. Yeah. Well, and so I don't know if you know this, but we just became a HubSpot partner here in the last eight months or so. And we, we signed up for ourselves, uh, as a, as a tool and a mechanism to, to basically, you know, drive, our own inbound and, and, you know, manage our leads and email marketing and so forth, but then quickly realize that, you know, this is what our clients need. Um, like you said, mm-hmm. win-win, right? And so, and then the more we know about the platform, the easier it is for, for us to onboard people and, and so forth. So we're, we're right in the mix of uh, exactly what you were, you were working on. Um, so that's exciting. That's so our, awesome. our guy's name is Tim though, not Kareem. So <laughs> <laughs> But, That's awesome. Uh, I, if we were working with, um, we were working with. Uh, I, I was basically working with like the Middle East and uh, UK, uh, okay. but let, let's call it let's call it EMEA basically. So we weren't really involved with all the exciting stuff happening in, nor all the equally exciting stuff happening in North America. <laughs> right on. So uh, so that's cool. So then you say three years ago is when is that when you left HubSpot. Or were, you, or were you kind of moonlighting Chopcast with your brother to kind of get things going? Yeah, I think it was three years and some change. If my math is not wrong, it's probably wrong, but it feels like three years and some change. And um, yeah, like we basically, um, I, I basically left my job and 
I, I had no plan. The, the only plan was that to just do to, to do something um, in, in the startup realm. The very, very first idea that we had was to start a marketing agency. And then after two weeks, like we basically scrapped that idea because we've helped, like I was in charge of like over a hundred agencies during my time at HubSpot. So I know firsthand like how high the um, the level is in terms of like competition, but also just like, um, yeah, like just competency and whatnot. And I can't just walk up street and expect to uh to to do something great when i don't necessarily have a specific niche or a specific gtm in mind so we just wanted to do like you know yet another like full service b2b marketing agency but we're like that's been done like a million times like what what are we doing differently from all the folks who have been doing that for five six years some of which we've had the the privilege of working with and whatnot so yeah that's when we scrapped it and then during that time we were a little bit low on motivation because we're like uh, especially like you got to put yourself in my shoes like i'm i'm coming at it from like an immigrant perspective because i'm from egypt i'm in ireland and like culturally where i'm from it's like yo like don't rock the freaking boat you know you got an amazing job at freaking hubspot like what the hell are you doing quitting your job you know um so there was a bit of that and we were low on motivation and whenever i'm low on motivation me and my brother we go to youtube and we type in motivation videos (laughs) Uh, or like startup motivation videos or whatever the the flavor of the day is but anyways we were watching a lot of gary vaynerchuk and uh we loved his content and we knew what he was doing we we thought it was really cool that like we would just end up binge watching his content even if we didn't mean to do it by way of you know coming across some of like the short form video clips that would have been extracted from his keynotes and we knew exactly how they were doing it they had an awesome team that would basically take those long form videos these keynotes these uh um, you know, workshops, wh- whatever content they get up to and basically chop it up. And we thought that's so cool. Uh, we understand how it works. I just wonder what would people do if they want to do that? And they don't necessarily have a team trained up to, to repurpose that. What if this could be like a service, like a, like a turnkey service that people just buy a subscription and it's like Netflix, you know, month in, month out. And, uh, and, and so we finally had a heading and we thought, you know what, that's, this is not quite an agency. Matter of fact, this is something that could help agencies, something that agencies could white label, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where um, Chopcast, which at the time was called Tribe Tactics, started. Um, but yeah, fast forward to now, we basically decided Chopcast was a more fitting name. And that that's exactly what we do right now, like basically content repurposing as a service where folks who have like webinars or video podcasts or any long form videos, whether they need it chopped up for themselves or for their clients, they would basically come to us and we would uh, match them with a plan that suits their needs. Um, yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. Well, I, I love the concept and the, the name, the new name is spot on because you chop up a podcast, right? So Chopcast makes a lot of sense. I assume that's where it came from. Is yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Okay. 100%. <laughs> so the chop it up kind of strategy makes a lot of sense. Um, so can we, uh, I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into exactly what, Chopcast is. You just gave us kind of the headline, but kind of break down. I'm a user. I got a monthly subscription. What does that look like? How do I submit? How, what do I get back? I know I know there's lots of options, but kind of give us like a, a use case a little bit. Yeah, 100%. So basically, um, you know, going into like post-COVID, you know, we're seeing that research that comes out of uh, HubSpot, if I'm not mistaken, says that 63% of marketers are planning to spend, to start or to invest more in short form content in general. 
But the elephant in the room is like, hey, well, I kind of already spent a lot of money on all these webinars um, in retrospect. And for, for a variety of reasons, I need to continue educating my customers. And I can't educate them effectively um, in, in short bursts. I really need that. I really need the physics of like a 45 minute slot or a 60 minute slot because they have their questions, so on and so forth. So how can I take my ongoing webinar series or my ongoing video series and actually make it a lot more accessible? Because if I'm making a 30 minute video or a 60 minute video um, and I've never, um, you've never met me before, uh, I'm, I, me as a, as a company, I'm really limiting my chances of getting your attention. But if I make that content a bit more accessible for you by creating some form of a, a snack bar, if you will, where you could, you know, engage with a lot of small pieces of content, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, up to a minute, up to two minutes. It might just improve my chances to uh, share with you a little bit about what we're working on. And from there, you voluntarily might decide, you know what, I want to go in and find out a bit more. So yeah, that, that would be a use case. And basically, uh, we offer this as a service. And more recently, we offer a SaaS platform um, that uses machine learning and NLP to actually do the chopping up automatically. Um, it's still in its early days. So the way I like to think of it is that if it's a creator or if it's a brand that has a very, um, a very simple and minimalist set of requirements, they could probably get by with the product. But if they're looking for something a bit more bespoke, they would basically work with our team and we embed in your Slack environment. You would basically have a point of contact and you'd say, hey, here's a couple of videos that I'd like to get chopped up. And then you guys could uh, decide if you want to chop up the content kind of like manual mode. So you tell us exactly what you want, or you can put it in autopilot mode where we make all the creative decisions, having worked with a lot of like similar um, use cases with different brands. We, we, as a team, you know, we just have an eye for like what we've seen work for others, so on and so forth. So that's great. I like the, you have those multiple options. So staying on the service side, where uh, we provide content, you then create short form videos based off of that. Does, does that also include um, graphics as well? Even if we were to supply them, how do you, how do you manage that? Because a lot of the short form also includes uh, not only um, closed caption, is that the right word, closed caption? But, uh, um, but also graphics that appear on the screen as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a great question. So right now, like we we support video, audio, image, and written content. So uh, we, we believe video is king because we can take a video file and basically turn that into smaller short form video clips, but also um, uh, like audio podcasts, turning it also into image content. And specifically with regards to image content, um, there would be the like just classic image content. So like image quotes, image cards, but also like image carousels and the sort. And um, there's also image content that you're referring to, Adam, in terms of like things that might get embedded in the videos. So we, we think of it in terms of templates. So one of the very first things that we do when we work with brands is that we um, do a very quick template workshop where we create intro animations, outro animations, and those would naturally include images and other uh, motion graphics in general. And the idea is to create like a, a framework or a template whereby anything that comes into the assembly line later on we're basically plugging it into these on-brand templates that are already pre-approved. And this is not just one template. It could be a set of different templates for different campaigns, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, and yeah, and, and basically they would be able to take the parts that get chopped up and get have them plugged into the templates essentially. 
So then um, I'm just kind of looking at your uh, your pricing and everything. So it all comes down to assets, right? So um, we're I'm, I'm a monthly user. I submit content and then you are pushing back a certain amount of assets. Is that daily? Is that every other day? Kind of what does that look like? Yeah, so um, all our plans are unlimited. The, the only difference is that how many things we work on at a time. So whether it's basically one... Uh, one, one, vit, one, yeah, one new piece of content or one existing revision at a time. Okay. Or if you want it to 2x the speed or 4x the speed or more than that, we basically have plans to support these. Uh, but, but the idea is that like, you know, especially in the content world, uh, you, you, especially when, for folks who are just starting out, like you never know what's going to work. And the, we, we wanted to align our business model with that to make it easy for people to not think about, you know, I'm, you know, I, we don't want them thinking like per hour or, oh, you know, I would have loved to try more things and accelerate my learning, but it's a budget thing. We wanted to make it unlimited from, from day one, from our smallest plan, just so that people could um, have the ability to really test out a lot of different things, run their own multivariate tests, you know, as, as simple or as complex as they'd like them to be. And then the only variable is like, how many of these do you want at a time? Okay, cool. So how big, how big is your team and where are they based? Yeah, so we're uh, we're super tiny. We are um, we're about nine people at the moment, and having the fact that we uh, come from Egypt naturally, um, uh, part of our team is based in Egypt, part of our team is based here in Ireland, and also based in uh, Asia in general, different okay. locations. Yeah, great. So um, so you're obviously growing, and things are uh, how who is your target market. You've talked a lot about agencies. You know, I'm, I'm an agency owner, so I can see how it would fit for us in a, you know, I wouldn't say like, I guess it is kind of like a white label service, right? You guys are behind the scenes and, and this is just a service that we can pull into our, our offerings to our clients. Are there other, uh, I guess, individual creators as well as uh, who are the main kind of target markets for you that really fits well with this? Yeah, so the way we think of it is folks who are creating long form videos or LFVs, as we lovingly call them internally, um, on, a, on a consistent basis. And to your point, Adam, like those come in all different, um, you know, yeah, all different shapes and sizes from like the solopreneurs, the solo creators. Uh, some of them could be, you know, creators that you see on, on LinkedIn trying to build their personal brand while holding a full time job maybe in, in preparation for a next step or a next play, but also they could they, they tend to lend themselves to folks who are creating like webinar series on a regular basis. And we found that naturally they would be, not always, but many times they tend to fall into like the B2B SaaS category because they are creating, um, uh, you know, they're introducing new technologies and to explain these technologies, they need to educate people and they need to educate people for two different reasons or for, you know, to, to, to service two different parts of the funnel. Uh, top of the funnel for acquisition purposes, and then later on down the funnel just for um, uh, for like retention and growth. And acquisition, it would be more of a marketing play, obviously. Later on, it would be content that would just be leveraged by the, the customer success team. So it could really, you'll find that like short form videos and even taking a step back, like content in general is really a currency that's not just recognized by like marketing folks, but really marketing, customer success, obviously sales, um, so it really depends on the on on who's creating long form videos on a regular basis and who's trying to make sure that these videos are a lot more accessible for them. And I can go on and on um, because 
you know, you can also talk about like uh, folks in the media space in terms of like uh, virtual events and um, conferences and summits, so on and so forth. But it, it really comes down to LFVs. That's kind of how we view our world. Yeah. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you guys are agnostic to uh, who uses it. It's just more of um, what you're delivering. And you were talking earlier in, in the podcast about, um, you know, the the need and the desire for short-term content, which is so true. I mean, I think about this, like this will end up being like a 30-second episode I put on YouTube. I've got my, my strategy is basically one short and then we'll do like one takeaway in a couple of weeks from now. But if, if I don't capture somebody in those three things, uh, that's you know, that's not, I'm not really giving myself justice in doing that. So, you know, I'm guessing your strategy is more of like in the 10, the 15, the 20 things that you want to be putting out there, which is all Gary V's model is 10 X everything. Um, <laughs> and, you know, post everything multiple times and everything, which makes a lot of sense, which is where, you know, all of the, the content starts to flow and you see a lot of different forms of it and you're getting the bite size or the snack bar that you mentioned that then pulls mm-hmm. them in to, to watch the LFE uh, a little bit later. I like the LFE. Uh, did you come up with that? Yeah, yeah. Out of desperation, we're like, we need a word. We need a word, guys. Um, so LFE was the word, basically. Uh, but yeah, Adam, you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on. And like one thing that we're learning as well, we're a little bit late to the party with this, but because because we were like, just hit us like a ton of bricks. But basically, um, if you look at like paid media and all of the, j- just how good targeting is becoming and like lookalike audiences and whatnot, yeah. it, it's really making it easier for marketers and anyone in charge of ads to realize that the, the targeting part will take care of itself. The variable that we all have to play with is the creative, right? Or the creatives. And you cannot A-B test enough, right? You know, the, 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 there's just so much so many ideas that people have that that far surpass their budgets and their their actual resources and we're hoping that we could actually help alleviate some of that pain by saying hey well you have an unlimited plan you could actually create a lot of different um you know add add creatives and and you know test them at scale to see what uh what performs the best overall yeah, I mean that's that's so true. We we do a lot of A/B testing with ads and with landing pages and so forth, but you can't just do it once. You got to do it twice, three times, and try different variations. Uh, try a short form. Try you know because even short form you could be ten seconds, twenty seconds, thirty seconds. I mean, there's so many different ways to uh, to chop it up. So uh, it makes sense. Chopcast makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and I think it's a great platform. We, we talked a lot about the service side of things, which is super cool and is more, uh, in my mind, alleviating um, pressure or a need, right? So then you also mentioned you've got a SaaS product that you're, you're developing or is developed. Tell us a little bit more about that and how does that differentiate from the, the, the service side? Yeah. So basically our, our thing is, um, you know, we're, we're, our vision is, is to really build a, uh, a content repurposing uh, Disneyland. I know that sounds really boring, but for us, it's really exciting. Yep. Where, where basically we're building an ecosystem that could support folks on, on all levels of their, their content journey or to even to, to, to take it, to take it more on, a, on, a, on an emotional note. Um, this could sound corny, but again, like we just really believe in this. We really believe that Chopcast is about second chances. And what we mean by that is because all of like 
a lot of the folks in the company, um, and obviously a lot of the folks that we that we serve, are are creators. Um, they are craftsmen. You know, when you create content, you put your heart and soul into it. You're hoping that it would perform, but just because of the physics of the world that we live in right now, virtually speaking, you know, you can't just you know ship it and they'll come. You really have to make that content as accessible as possible, and we're always trying to see how we can make that as as affordable as possible and as easy for people to get involved with. So the service is basically, sorry, the, the, the product is a, a free product and then there's like um, pay tiers, but you can already get so much out of the free version, which basically makes it even easier for people to just upload a video and automatically get uh, repurposed clips that they could then edit later on. So uh, if you and I wanted to upload a YouTube video right now into Chopcast or any video into Chopcast, we could go make ourselves a cup of coffee, come back, and the clips are already done. No user involvement required whatsoever. Now, because marketing is part art and part science, we know for a fact that users will want to be able to tweak some of these clips, and they will be able to do so. Um, we've recently done a, um, a soft launch of the product, so they'll, they'll be able to do that, and it just makes it, uh, it, j- it just gives uh, Chopcast a lot of data to feed off of so that it's like a closed loop, and Chopcast could give you better um clip predictions or more intelligent like clip predictions because it's learning from like how users are using the platform so on and so forth and then if and when um companies get to a stage where they want some bespoke work done they could use the chop the the chopcast product for like you know the 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 daily stuff like just day-to-day simple stuff and then they could have the service for things that are a bit more bespoke or something that needs um more of a human capability behind it. That's super interesting, man. So, and, and that is that the, is your development team out of Egypt or are you guys also developers in Ireland? Yeah. So um, yeah, we're proud to say that Chopcast is built in, in, in Egypt back home. So yeah, all our, all our guys are back home. Yeah. That's cool. That's super cool, man. Um, and okay. So the, and I, I described it this way earlier, asking my question earlier, but, uh, you know, I would say the, the, an average person might use like an iMovie or a platform and then a professional might use Premiere. Do you find your SaaS product to be kind of somewhere in the middle? And you got that added element of automatically selecting clips for you through machine learning. Is that a fair kind of assessment of what, of, and is the, and is the SaaS product called Chopcast as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's confusing, but the, the product is called Chopcast. The service is called Chopcast Services. Uh, okay. If anybody has better ideas, I am all ears. Please let me know. <laughs> but this is this is just where we are right now. Um, but yeah, I like to your the, point, I like Adam, the simplicity like... of it. I like that, you know, because it's, uh, it makes sense, right? Why don't you explain it that way? Chopcast and Chopcast Services. That works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, and yeah. I guess like we're we're very self conscious about like all the decisions we make because we always like overthink everything. But for this one, we were like, let's just freaking go with it and 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 see if we can come up with something better uh, down the line. But yeah, I mean, it it just really drives home the point that we really are trying to build an ecosystem. They're not like two separate, um, you know, companies or anything like that. But um, yeah, I think in terms of like iMovie and Premiere Pro. We, um, so we use some of these tools, like our, our team on the service side, like we literally use uh, Premiere Pro and, and similar tools as well. And uh, I personally use DaVinci Resolve. Um, 
like we, th there is a time and place for content creation tools that favor like the creative types. Um, I consider myself a, a creative type for what it's worth. But the problem is that there's so many people who have a lot of amazing ideas, but don't necessarily want to go get a PhD in video editing. Right. They just want to take the ideas and just make something happen and not have to beg their video editor for a time who is probably like in a different location and is like overwhelmed with all the work that they have to do. Besides like sometimes, you know, they, their idea is just so simple, so basic. They just want to get it out there. And we just want to be on that end of the spectrum. So um, we wouldn't see ourselves any, we wouldn't even call ourselves a video editing tool because um, those are just completely in a different, in a different realm. But yeah, in our side, we're just focused more on the automation side of things and the accessibility side of things, which would make it any easy for anyone to create their very own clips or ideally not have to create them at all. Just copy and paste and the clips are done. Nice. Well, that's, that's the attraction that you guys are creating is, is just the ease of getting things done. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's great. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, so this is the part, you know, this is the future driven podcast and, and you're, a, you're an entrepreneur through and through, and you've been doing it from day one. And, and so what do you see, you know, if you could paint the picture of the future, kind of what do you see things happening for you and, uh, and Chopcast? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, it's a question we ask ourselves every day, like, why are we doing all this? I think it's because we really come from a, a creator background and we all are creators uh, for the most part. And we just want to do our part to help the ecosystem and obviously make money while, while helping others. Um, and we just really envision ourselves as becoming like a household name and content repurposing just, just for the simple case of making it easier for people to, um, uh, to, to, and, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I promise it's related to this, but I mean, one of, you know, one of the things that I've learned personally in, in my own personal journey is that um, you can't wait to get picked, right? Uh, there's an awesome book by James Altucher that's called Pick Yourself. Um, I have not read it yet, unfortunately, but I'll probably buy it after this, but I've just been reading the summary over and over again. And it basically talks about how many of us in life um, go about life trying to, or rather waiting to get picked, right? Picked for that job, picked for that promotion, picked for that opportunity, picked for investment, whatever the case may be. Um, and he, he suggests pick yourself, <laughs> you know, um, take matters into your own hand. Don't wait to get hired, create your own job. You know, even if you fail, you learn something and now you have experience that you could use in your next job interview. I'm improvising, but I, I, I imagine he would agree with me in, in this case. And so when it comes to building brands right now, you know, we are seeing that it's, it's really a, uh, it, 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 it's really like a race to the bottom in terms of like who, or, or rather a race. Yeah. A race in terms of like, who has, who has more money, right? Whoever has most money wins, especially like, you know, in terms of like hiring headcount in terms of like building brand in terms of like ad spend, all that stuff. But what if you have another way to actually build your brand all you need to do and all you need to figure out is to have a message worth sharing and then Shopcast will be able to help you multiply that through and through. Organic or paid, that's up to you, but it'll help you multiply that message through and through. And so our vision is to really be synonymous with that, that you know, even if you're a small brand, you do have a chance 
against the um, the the Goliaths out there by just thinking more intelligently about your content and thinking more intelligently about the message. Because in terms of the distribution part, that's that's covered already. Yeah, I think it's great. I think you're providing you know you're you're solving a pain point which is essentially where people, you know, there's, and there's multiple pain points along the process. Now, now you're going to have all this content. Now you got to get it posted. And, and that's a, that's a whole other um, pain point that can be solved by another organization. And, and the biggest thing that I see, I see a lot of value in, um, I don't know how you describe the, uh, the type of service you offer, but, but the, the, the outsource service, right. There's a lot of, benefit to the outsource outsource service because you have there's consistency uh chopcast never gets sick chopcast doesn't go on vacation <laughs> um there's all these things that uh chopcast doesn't need benefits you know there's all these things that are are beneficial to uh, an agency owner like myself that uh will allow um you to you to scale and for in in some ways me to scale because i'm scaling you know for example this content um, so I, I see, you know, a lot of value. So I think it's great, man. And I think, you, you know, it's, it's something really unique and it's going to grow the need for LFV or the short version of that is going to grow. Um, the SV would coming from the LFV, uh, or Love it. <laughs> SFV, right. Short form video. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, we're gonna. I'm writing that down. We can use that as well. <laughs> well, because you got the LFV and the SFV, right? So you got because you're Makes creating, you're, you're taking the LFV and turning them into SFVs, and and that's where uh, you know you're right. It's uh, uh, to get that out multiple times and in multiple different ways, paid, organic. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the name of the game. So I think it's great, man. I uh, look forward to, uh, you know, being a customer here in the future. And I uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, taking your time and telling us your story. Yeah, thank you so much for for uh, for having me. And I guess if I if I could just leave with uh, or if, if I could just add like one final thing, if you'd allow me. Um, Please do. It's yeah, it's just for people to look up James Altucher and to just read uh, read into this whole notion of like picking yourself. Yeah. Because um, it's it's been life changing for me personally. I haven't I, I haven't done the, the best job of it, but you know e even things like you know when I couldn't get an internship, even when I was freaking ready to pay for a free internship to, to do free work, um, I did a startup which failed catastrophically. But it's the things that I've learned through that that you know made me do better in the next job interview, so on and so forth. So I just feel that you know when you pick yourself, it's not so much that it's not like oh yeah you know it'll work hundred percent. It's more so um you know not uh, I'm, I'm quoting from someone that i can't remember their name unfortunately but it's it's as they say like it's not what you acquire but who you become and like the kind of skills that you learn along the way so this notion of like picking yourself is something that um yeah that, that's just been life-changing for me personally and it's something that i'm always talking to my team about and i hope it benefits someone who's listening to this today that like you have everything you need to to get started you know yeah and so is the name of the book pick yourself I believe so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well, uh, Kareem, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about your story and uh, Chopcast and uh, look forward to seeing how you grow here in the future. For sure. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, man.